Hello, welcome to the Hopecast, where we hear about normal people following Jesus in the 21st century. Join me in guests and conversations on how to do daily life with struggles that come, the hope we find in Jesus, plus anything in between. Come on in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hopecast. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. Uh, today, I'm very excited again because I've got two people from my home church, which is very exciting. I've got Ben and Dave. Um, ben, do you want to say a hi to the people first? I don't know. Introduce yourself. Yeah, or... yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Ben. I uh, obviously, like Hope just said, I go to Crown Church. I work for my dad's company, which is more or less a services company, uh, predominantly window cleaning. Also moved out mid-year last year um, out of home, but now I'm back home. Uh, It'll all become apparent of why we're talking about this very short. We got Dave back again. I don't know if you remember him from, we actually had two podcasts together. I split them up. Um, but yes, Dave, if you want to say anything else about yourself, maybe people don't know you already. So yeah. Yeah, we had a productive evening, two podcasts and one recording. It was uh, it was fun. And go back and listen to it. If you're hearing this, you're like, oh, I wonder if it was a good podcast. Then yes. it was learning to hear from God. It was a classic. Yeah. But my name's Dave. I am 28. I'm a project manager in local government. I'm originally from Newcastle, but now live uh, down to the west of London. And uh, yeah, like ben and hope when she's back at home go to crown church in hillingdon shout out to crown (laughs) so yeah i'll ask you some fun questions so first thing is if COVID suddenly stopped, what is the first thing you would do? Holiday. I'd jump on a plane and go on holiday. I'm with Ben. I think I'd be straight skiing. But I was planning to book, book in February, but just didn't happen. Yes, like many of our plans. Such a shame. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. And since today's podcast is about discipleship and stuff, what is your favourite thing about church community? I think once you get to a place with a group of people where you genuinely can be honest or, or, or even with one person where you genuinely can be honest and, you know, express what you're struggling with or how you feel, that is a really good, a good feeling, a good place to be, to be at. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I went serious really quick. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> no no I totally agree yeah I just think it's a good place to be in when you can just genuinely be honest with somebody and sometimes it takes a while to get to that point but sometimes it can take you know whether they're discipling you or just a mate you know in yeah. church so you, you but you're both chasing holiness but we live in a world that's fallen so you, you obviously we struggle hmm. so that's authenticity yeah, like that I think I I agree with Ben and I think the, I was going to say the, the best thing about church community is when it's on because let's be honest at the, <laughs> yeah that's a good at, point <laughs> at the moment it isn't there and I think all of us are experiencing experiencing a certain sense of loss mm. uh, loss of loss of family and loss of connection and loss of relationship mm. because we are segregated or we're you know away from each other 
And yeah, don't get me wrong, Zoom is great and all the rest of it, but it isn't the same. It isn't the same as meeting someone in person. Only, yeah, only to a certain extent. <laughs> yeah. Sitting down to chat or sitting down for a meal or just doing something as a family, as a community of people. I think we're all really, really missing it and we'll value it so much more when we go back to it. Mm, yeah, for sure. I can't wait to like get back in a room full of people, be singing and being able to hug people. That's going to be a very good time. As I mentioned, today's topic is about discipleship, kind of what is discipleship, kind of introducing it and yeah, what does discipleship look like? Um, It obviously comes in many shapes and forms and every person is different. So every relationship of discipleship will be different, but we're just going to talk a bit about what we want it to look like, what's helpful about it, what we wish we had and all that stuff. So just yeah that's what we're going to be on about so um first I just wanted to start off with like do you guys have your own definitions of what discipleship is and maybe what we see in the bible and then what today's discipleship looks like and so the word the word disciple comes from I don't know if you know this from the latin discipulus okay And then that pulls out of a a Greek word in the New Testament. And I'm not sure how to pronounce this properly, but I think it's mathetes. Okay. Okay. Let's focus on discipulus for a minute, because that's obviously where we get disciple from. Mm. And it's exactly the same language that would be used to describe a pupil at school. Okay. So a discipulus, a disciple, a person would be like someone sat at a desk in a classroom being taught by a teacher. And so Mm. I think it gives a really interesting frame. We can... Uh, make discipleship some kind of big hocus pocus pocus mystery topic but at the most basic level it's just a student it's just someone who's learning hope you're a student at Glasgow Union I am you're a disciple of the University of Glasgow it helps us to think about well as disciples or as students what are we learning what is it that we're supposed to be learning in this adventure with Jesus as I think the the Bible's very clear on but we can sort of not want to like learn from or sometimes young people in my age group don't want to learn from people um you know older than us and we think we know it all it's a certain age I mean you get to a certain age where like okay yeah people know better than I do Uh, but like if you're younger and it's like you know I know best this that and the other and I think I think I reached a point where I was like I need someone to decide for me who's my age I need I need someone who's like can can understand the starting points where I'm at mm. whereas I spoke to somebody um, a guy called Matthew Boyer is a great guy and um, you know he, he he discipled me for a period and we still chat and stuff and he said you know what there's something in when you sort of speak to somebody of an age where they've experienced um, God and they've experienced life more than you and just soaking in their wisdom and just listening to them so it's a period of time where you you know you don't even need to like I know this is just a small portion of discipleship it's not the whole package but it's just listening to them mm. and seeing what wisdom they have and just taking that on board yeah. because I know I, I was at a period where I just wanted someone who could understand where I was coming from but um you know you need that wisdom from from your elders and older people who've experienced a lot more mm exactly and like I think when we talk about discipleship right now we have two kinds of overlapping terms of like we have the initial like go and make disciples of all nations like baptizing them and all that stuff that Jesus sent us like the great commission and that's kind of like 
finding people who you need to like tell them the gospel and like encourage them in the faith and that and then we also have like a lot of like Paul's letters and stuff of him just talking to people about kind of the sanctification journey I guess um of like okay now that you're actually following Jesus what does it look like to pursue that on the day-to-day we have like certain definitions in the bible but everyone will experience it differently just because of not everyone might have access to someone to always be there alongside them like in the day-to-day or whatever okay I guess you could start with you Ben um how you initially saw discipleship and maybe how it's changed a bit now being discipled by I I guess a few people Dave right now I didn't actually think about it somebody um in Crown approached uh, my parents because I was young Mm. approached my parents and they said is it okay if I you know disciple Ben um asked my mum and she was like yeah I mean go for it and she asked me and I was like yeah okay um and then they sort of I guess we met up and he he discipled me and I didn't at the time know what it meant even I obviously knew what was going on but I didn't know exactly what the intention was or anything like that which I thought was okay you know even if you're 10 or you're 40 or whatever and you don't know what discipleship is that's okay or as we continued to meet up, it was like, okay, this is somewhere where I can be myself. Um, I, can, um, I can learn, which is, I think, key um, off, off of them. And for example, the podcast that you did with Dave about learning to hear God's voice. Um, you can, you know, mm. talk about different topics as you carry on. But I think, um, in essence, uh, discipleship sort of, it started with just meeting up with somebody, just talking um learning about god and then i realized that um you know this is somewhere where you can just be honest with somebody and they can help you through life um um i go you mean of like initially you might not actually know what's going on yeah yeah if you're first getting discipled then you're probably like might be young yeah especially because i was young yeah yeah Mm, that's good i mean i wish someone approached me and i was super young and did that that's amazing yeah, I think if if we flip it, flip the language back to the one of being a student, I think initially, um, perhaps when I was a very new Christian in my teenage years, I thought it was kind of learning the the things of, and I'm going to do inverted commas, which is not helpful on a podcast, but learning the things of being yeah. a Christian or of the of religion by like making sure you read your Bible and praying and making sure you go to church, and it was kind of like learning the stuff, but it was almost quite dry. In, in a way that so you know my favorite subjects at school was always geography and there's two ways of learning geography there's one way where you sit in the classroom and you learn the really dry stuff because someone's given you a book and shown on a whiteboard or you can go climb a mountain and look at some really cool stuff and learn about it when you're out there yeah and i think that probably shows the journey that i went on that to start with it was all the very dry classroom based theory and mm-hmm. at times I'll be honest, the Bible or even prayer or even going to church can feel a bit dry and it can feel a bit religious. Mm. But I think the journey I went on when I went with other people was I saw how they lived out the sometimes dry stuff. And Mm. that's when it became interesting. How did what they had as a core belief in Jesus, how did that impact their day to day? How do they live their lives? How do they have conversations with people? How do they make decisions, uh, big life decisions? I think I realized that being a student of that being a student of the dry stuff it was the real meaty like how do I do this in the in the day-to-day so that's probably been my 
my kind of journey with it and still is ongoing I think my journey with it Mm, yeah and I think what yeah what you said is exactly right of like seeing people live out their life is so much better than someone just telling you you Mm. should read this chapter of the bible now yeah because I guess that is what all Christian life is is fleshing out what you say you believe I guess and just yeah really practicing that some of the you could maybe just for someone who hasn't experienced discipleship or mentoring or whatever or being a student or someone um what are like the spiritual growth benefits that you've seen in your own lives or just like that you found really helpful the call in the great commission hope that you you referred to earlier about jesus saying go out and make disciples because he's saying go out and do the same thing that he did so you look in scripture and you think well how did how did he make disciples and you see this band of brothers these 12 guys that went on a journey with jesus and they learned from him they walked with him they talked with him they you know they did this journey of three years of ministry with him and they grew in that sense so we know that the walk of the christian life is to follow jesus in the same way now we can't follow him in the same way that they did because he was incarnate he was on earth as opposed to now you're seated in heaven so we can't directly follow him in the way that he but the call is still to follow him Mm. and i think the joy of then being discipled is you are just following in you're always following jesus but in part you're also following a person that you admire and you think is following jesus in a in a way that you'd like to emulate you'd like to copy yeah so i think for a lot of the really good godly habits that i've picked up and there are some there's definitely not across the across the board they yes they've been learned i believe from jesus and and following the ways that he would be but really it's been copied off somebody else Mm. you know let's take for example reading the bible every morning i used to think that was the most boring thing in the world (laughs) until i had a really good friend at university another guy called dave who sat with me and took me through it and showed me the benefit and showed me how to hear from god through the scriptures all of a sudden it became so much more interesting yeah because i was with a guy who was doing it and he loved it and then all of a sudden i was doing it and i loved it we can see in scripture the the model of jesus doing it himself him reflecting on scriptures and spending time to pray in the mornings with the with the father it wasn't really jesus that i learned it off it was my mate dave who was following jesus in a way that was just so authentic and real that's really cool for me it hit a point where when i was meeting up with um, a few Dave's friends and Dave, you begin to pick up their habits and 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 how they how they do things. For example, just listening to God and hearing God uh, rather than trying to do 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 because we don't get anywhere by just doing. As in, like we have to take take things on, listen to God, read Scripture, right? Just different times, and we just listen to God and heard what he was saying or prophecies or words or whatever and that definitely was a change for me because I'd never really pressed into that before I'd never really focused on that before um obviously you had all the bible reading the scriptures but when you use that to listen to God I think it 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 changes things and that's for me personally um it was fun you know, like like Dave just said, you know, sometimes it can seem boring, seem boring. Yeah. But it was it was fun and enjoyable. And it was all about God and giving God the glory as well. I mean, from I think I've had a bit of a different 
experience to you Ben of like my church before was just quite a different structure crowd and that like most of the Christians I know I would say they haven't been discipled by a person necessarily going to like pour into them continually so I do think it's so valuable to hear like when people have someone who cares about them and like yeah they're like just hearing that sitting around and being able to practice that and like have the space of like a bit of vulnerability to maybe get stuff wrong as well and be able to like learn that together is so so good do do you guys have any ideas of why I mean I have some ideas and maybe I'll just focus on like the UK church right now but why people might shy away from discipleship going and asking someone to like disciple them or like just not necessarily making it official but being able to pour into someone else's life who's a bit um younger in their faith or even the other way around of like wanting to be disciple what do you think holds people back from doing either of those when I when you asked me that question I initially thought it's hard to be open and it's Mm. hard to pour out to somebody Mm. with so much to live up to in the world in terms of social media um, Mm. the standards standards that your idols as such or people that you look up to who aren't Christians how how they behave and how and how they say you should be Mm. and when you first come to church or when you um think about discipleship and you think oh no I can't do that it's because it's hard to be open and it's hard to be honest Mm. um with with others and I struggle with it I'm sure Dave does and you do it's just hard to be just be real with somebody and just say I'm struggling with this Mm. and I think that's why someone might shy away um with with immediate thought when you think about discipleship Mm. for sure and like if I can just bounce off that quickly it's like relationships are hard um in general just being part if you're part of a church and you've never like kind of been rubbed up the wrong way or being a bit annoyed at someone or had to like make sure you're forgiving someone in your heart then you're probably not part of (laughs) you're not being part of the church um because like relationships are difficult to navigate um christian or not we are like faulty people and we're gonna annoy one another we're gonna hurt one another's feelings probably I'm probably gonna um have to choose to trust people a lot so yeah I definitely agree like it is difficult to be vulnerable with people and even like what you were saying about even if it's not necessarily so personal of like vulnerability but if it's even more like learning to read the bible or learning how to yeah how to read the bible for yourself or listening to god like even those things you can kind of try to live up to certain standards because you're kind of like oh they they must want me to like read all these chapters a day and and it can be like a bit difficult to to say actually I I don't think I can read that much of my bible I don't think um oh I haven't done this you know so um I definitely agree of like it's vulnerability in both ways of just learning um yeah just like a student I guess like sometimes you feel a bit embarrassed (laughs) or like you can't do something and you got to just be like pushed along so definitely Mm. um but yeah go ahead uh, Dave what do you think I think on that, I think because it's because it's hard, it takes time. Mm. Time is the thing that everybody seems to lack. Mm. I think Ben said right at the start, 
it's when you know somebody deeply enough that you can be completely open with them and honest without fear of them saying anything or fear of them judging you or anything like that. And that simply takes time. Yeah. You know, this is just a pre-warning. I don't believe this is written anywhere in, in the gospels, but um, Jesus, when he first called his disciples, you can imagine they didn't get on like a house on fire immediately. <laughs> It had taken time. They'd have had a few meals yeah. and a few days and a few you what, mate? You're the son of God, you know, or whatever the conversation. You know, <clears throat> and I think we get an idea of those, but I think one of the reasons why, unfortunately, so many Christians haven't experienced that is because either they're really busy and they don't necessarily prioritize it, or you know, either all the people who would be meeting up with them, or you know, people within the chain somewhere, are just have really full lives. Yeah. And so I guess the question would be, you know, if Jesus' key commandment is to go and make disciples. Where are we prioritizing in our diaries the time to simply spend with people? You know, that quality time that Ben was referring to, just hanging out, chatting life, asking questions, having meals, and interweaving big questions about faith and life in between. You know, where is the capacity in our diaries to be doing that? I think there's a challenge to all of, all of us. If it's not, we don't have capacity for it. What are we doing? Mm. What are we doing with our time? Yeah, you know, and are there things we need to cut out in order to be able to make time for it? Yeah, recently, over time of the last two years, I've um, got in a relationship myself, and it's interesting you say time, right? Because I obviously spend the most time with my girlfriend, especially during lockdown, right? Because I haven't seen anyone else, and we try to make it work in so that I can see her bubbling, and you know same with each other's families or whatever and in that time we've spent a lot of time like Dave said together Mm. so we found that space and um just talking and we can be honest because obviously we've spent a lot of time together so I think it's definitely a key point I'm just I'm just saying off the back of what Dave said because of you spend or as you continue to spend more time with somebody you can become or you can enable yourself to be more honest mm-hmm. and to um, just to feel like they're your mate or you're not being judged or whatever. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying off that, of an experience, um, you know, my girlfriend's Christian and we talk about things and, you know, things that make us feel vulnerable. Um, and like even to each other now, but because we've spent that time together, we feel like we can speak openly yeah that's really good and I think if if I just think about the early church and I, I it's a bit difficult comparing early church to us because to, to be honest like especially like living in London no one really lives next door to each other no one's gonna always be you're not gonna see them in the shops every day or whatever but um yeah just I think it does take a bit extra now when like from me reading the bible and being like how would like Paul just write these letters which is so challenging but also so just honest and stuff um it's because like you know he spent time with them and I think a lot of the time we as you said Dave completely like the busyness of our lives prioritizing time with people from church is sometimes hard because you you can especially as a student I've I've found that you can either end up spending all your time with Christians and you're in this Christian bubble and you're not actually, you're not actually like sharing the gospel, or like, you know, making disciples or like befriending other people who aren't like you. 
um and then there's the other side where you kind of don't want to spend any time with Christians and you kind of uh get away from me or like you know you can you can have weird uh, different opinions about Christians and stuff so it's yeah it is difficult and I felt this is a perfect time to talk about the whole pandemic that we're living in and like I mean 2020 just made everything come to a halt I remember everyone being like at the beginning of 2020 like I see clarity and I like you know like it did bring a lot of clarity because it made us realize like what are we actually filling our lives with what what are we doing do you have any like suggestions about reducing that busyness and kind of slowing down the rhythm to be able to prioritize Jesus in your life and and getting that um that like discipleship and just quality time with friends really um that you need if, if I can plug somebody else here so there's an author Christian author called John Mark Comer um, yes. who writes a book called The Ruthless, Ruthless Elimination, Elimination of, of Hurry, of hurry. Yeah. yeah which is a superb <laughs> read but he also if you don't have time to read the whole book or books aren't for you he does a brilliant uh, podcast uh, himself on about 25 minutes long on the topic um, which hope maybe you can put the link on something yeah. afterwards. It's just fantastic. I listened to it a few weeks ago. One of the things that he talks about is simply what would happen if you just cut a load of things out of your diary, just, mm-hmm. you know, mercilessly just removed a whole load of things. Okay. And I'm not talking about things of, uh, you know, godly things or things of good rhythm and pattern. I'm not talking about cutting Bible. I'm not talking about cutting exercise or sleeping well, or, you know, you know, having time to, have good quality conversation with people but almost just like the random stuff that fills in the time like the time we spend scrolling on social media or like for me like checking work emails outside of hours of work or like just the other like little random bad habits that we can get into that we just don't necessarily need the clue is in our routines what is it that we routinely do if we have five minutes spare are we on our phones or are we just doing something else that's completely unproductive or if we have five minutes spare are we doing something like praying or just having a moment to just to think and just have some fresh air mm-hmm. or like bringing someone to mind you're like oh, I haven't spoken to that person in a while I wonder if I could send them an encouragement mm-hmm. you know I think when we really stop and we really slow down we realize how much junk is in our diaries and I hope you, you alluded to this in terms of the the pandemic I think particularly towards the end of the first lockdown a, a number of us myself included realized how many zoom calls we had in the diary it's like the whole day at work was spent on calls. And then for some reason, I booked a call every single evening. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to kill myself. This is completely... Zoom planning was not good back in those days. It was so bad. And so we've, we've kind of realized in a bit of a, a, bit of a hard, hard hit to the face that the amount of things in our diary does not equal personal satisfaction. Yeah. It certainly doesn't equal time that we have for then spending it on others and with others. So yeah, I think the, the pandemic's been such a big wake-up call for that. I always try and find time for people. And I don't I don't do enough in terms of reaching out to people. And Dave always says that, you know, if you're not discipling somebody, then um, you know, you're not growing. Um, but um so I I I lack that, but I don't I don't really find myself like, especially now, I don't find myself in a busy position. I just feel tired. I don't feel busy. Do you know what I mean? I'm just tired all the time. Yeah, just on the topic of COVID and just the mayhem of life right now, I I don't necessarily just only want to use the word discipleship, but just friendships, Christian friendships. You need to be able to have honest conversations with people and not just like small talk every day, like, yeah, how are you? Like on Zoom all the time. 
Um, but yeah, um, and and in all honesty, I've seen Christians kind of go one way or the other, where they've either completely dropped off church and like, been like I cannot take it anymore because it, it, it's so draining to to watch YouTube church. Let's be real. Um, but it's also like how how committed do you want to be and like how committed are you to that growth and then the other way I've seen a lot of people actually come back to faith because they've realized hey life is actually a lot more than just going to church and like being a Christian and people who haven't gone to church for ages and haven't really been part of a Christian community now all of a sudden like realizing what it's all about because they're finally growing by themselves um I mean I know we just talked about COVID and how that changes stuff but I mean how have you guys found that like just maintaining relationships and deciding what to prioritize in a time where we kind of do actually need to cut stuff out even though our lives are so much less full I mean if I'm to be honest and like with you guys and people listening I just I, I, I've struggled over the over the COVID period mm. especially because a lot of my friends, you know, saying, oh, let's meet up or whatever. I mean, non-Christian friends just saying, let's meet up. And obviously I'm trying to um, do my best to sort of, you know, make sure I don't spread the virus or anything like that and make sure everyone's safe. So I really struggled in terms of keeping in contact with friends. Um, I don't know what it is about a phone. Like like Dave said, I, I, I scroll a lot, but I don't use time productively on my phone. I don't use it to reach out to people. I don't use it to, like, when I get a message from, I'm like, oh, I've got to reply to that message unless it's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just about, I guess I just need to obviously pray about it and learn for myself. But um, I guess if I'm going to give myself a piece of piece of advice now is is that think think how other people are feeling and think and put their thoughts first, you know, and yeah. think about what would that do for them if I reached out. And what would it do for me, potentially, you know, um, reaching out to them and saying, do you want to grab a Zoom call? Like, just do you want to jump on Zoom? And I haven't done that, you know. I just, I think it's probably because I live in a full sense of reality where I think it's just going to be all over tomorrow. Um, and it's not. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've struggled with it, but um, I'm sort of praying into that and hope that I can um, reach out to a few guys and maybe a couple just to get on a Zoom call. Or just meet up with one person, you know, you're allowed to exercise outside at the moment with one person um, or, come, you know, come away from Zoom and online stuff. Because I know, like you said, it can be draining. Yeah, I've experienced that a lot as well. And um, yeah, I think it's it's weird because people's personalities are so different. I think I'm quite different to my siblings in terms of the fact they're very happy to like not really reach out to many people I literally want to meet so many people and I I just like always want to meet with someone and yeah and and it is weird actually because is that reaching out for to someone could actually be benefiting them so much more and like it's maybe a bit of a sacrifice on your part of like maybe you're feeling tired or you're don't particularly want to talk to them or whatever but um yeah it, it can be very helpful um for different people so yeah it is I think it's been a good pruning process for like getting a lot of yeah I guess selfishness out because I guess I want to talk to people I want to talk to but then the people who want to talk to me who I don't want to talk to I'm like actually am I giving people time and like making sure that I'm still maintaining relationships not just with the people I kind of 
want to talk to all the time. I think we, I just was thinking there, we, we might have missed something obvious in that, which is, you know, are we doing the basics in terms of spending time with, with God in that? Mm. Because we can become so busy and distractible on phones and calls and or whatever else is then going on that actually just the simple rhythms of, you know, sitting down, pulling out the Bible, pulling a journal out, scribbling some mm. notes, some thoughts, some questions, having a real, on, let's be honest, like an honest prayer time with God. I remember mm. the back end of the first lockdown, I was doing some serious lamenting. I was hacked yeah. off at the state of the world yeah. and how I was feeling as a result. And I think it's very, it's absolutely fine to own those feelings and mm. then it's the first port of call have we prayed have we taken them to god who clearly wants to help us with them mm. and then of having actual human connection is so important as well and thinking about last year when it was you know when appropriate when the legislation said that you could you know you can meet another person and have a really meaningful walk outside mm. socially distanced and just get things off your chest have a chat have a laugh have a pray yeah and I think I'm looking back to 2020, the most meaningful and poignant moments of the year were those little moments when mm-hmm. I could like snatch a quick catch up with someone or go for a walk and a coffee or whatever it may be. So, mm-hmm. hey, we don't know what the year looks like, but, you know, if we've got the basics, if we're talking to God and where we can talking to others, you know, how much of life's little niggles would be ironed out if we mm-hmm. were just doing those two simple things or that's what I'm hoping for for this year. For people who... So yeah, they they haven't experienced discipleship, but they really want to. Um, they'd love to have someone just to be checking up on them or just encouraging them in their faith. What would you suggest for those people? Um, I would obviously, I would say pray about it, pray for someone. But after that, what do they do? I think there's something about being bold in there as well. I think if, you know, you meet a Christian who is 10 years or so down the track from you, um, maybe not even that, even six or seven, just with a bit more life experience and a bit more experience of faith, and you really admire that person, then be bold and say, would you mind, could we have a chat every few weeks? Would you have time, even just an hour, just chat? Um, And I've got some questions or whatever that might be. I think that would be the case. But then also, I think if if any of us are in the position where we could offer that in return to others, then, you know, by all means, pray for yourself, but then be the answer to someone else's prayer. Yeah, that's so good. You know, and you might think, oh, I'm only like in my late teens or I'm a student. I can't do that. I guarantee there is a kid in your church at some point who is so bored of homeschool and just wants to talk to somebody yeah. else and has questions about life and faith. I guarantee it'll take you 10 minutes to find someone. Yeah. You know, and as Ben said, you know, do the right things and have a good conversation with their parents or whatever else. But I think just, and I'm not saying overload it. We don't all need to be signing up like 12 people at a time. Like <laughs> find one person or maybe two people and mm. see how you can change their day, week, month. I think it could be so impactful. Yeah. And like, just quickly, um, I think especially with those people who are like young teenagers or whatever, or maybe um, end of primary school or whatever. I mean, to be honest, who knows how young they are going to be. But um, yeah, you don't know how much fruit that could bear in their whole life. Like you're just your example of you living out your life, just being kind to them and being generous with your time, how much that could have an impact on their future. Even say they weren't a Christian for ages and then they remembered, hey, who was that person who who spent that time with me when I was younger, when I 
didn't have my parents didn't have enough time or whatever you know like that you don't know how much that could do so that is definitely something to think about for reaching out to other people I really like that my experience with having somebody reach out to me I think can be rare um so don't don't be disheartened if someone doesn't reach out to you but as a Christian and as someone who's trying to uh, pursue holiness be bold for 10 seconds 20 seconds and reach out to someone who can help you in, in your journey um and who you can learn off and um you know potentially just even read scripture with and just just learn off them um yeah i think it'd be really beneficial to anyone who's listening just to reach out um and if they say no they say no i'm what have you got to lose exactly that that that's very good advice because i definitely know for myself even though i'm like quite a I'm not exactly a shy person, but I definitely find that really hard of like being like, oh, will this person want to like talk to me or like pour into me or whatever. So definitely would advise just do it. (laughs) Just go and ask that question. I do want to also just mention like it can be easy to kind of, I don't know, get a bit salty really. (laughs) Like when you read Acts, you read the Bible and you're like, oh, these people are so amazing. But realistically, I mean, they're probably all very, very sinful people just like us. And so it probably does look really great. But then there's probably a lot of stuff which the early church was not doing well, which we are doing so much better than them. And like, yeah, I would just encourage people not to be bitter about it and kind of harbor up bitterness of like, no one asked me to be <laughs> no one on the disciple me or like uh because I definitely I've been there of those times of like why does no one do this like um for me but I don't know if you have anything to add to that um but I definitely know a lot of people speaking to a lot of people you can get very bitter very quickly <laughs> you you have to make that effort to 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 want to be um more like Christ yeah. does that make sense it's a sort of formal ask to be disciple or to disciple someone I agree with that but I think this, the starting point from that is you make disciples by setting the example from, from the off. And I think that's it. As Christians, when we are following Jesus and we are you know, praying to him every day and really hoping for the best and really hoping that people would believe him in him and know him, that kind of excitement and the passion that we get for it becomes contagious. You know, and the people around us will, will they're encouraged, they want to, become more like Jesus because of the example of that you can set. And I just know the people who've always, you know, shouted and screamed Jesus to me haven't been the people who have been necessarily ever talking, but the people that just show it in mm. their day-to-day actions. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's then definitely the role for, oh yeah, let's commit and let's do these sessions together or let's have a regular catch up or whatever else. But actually the most important thing is just living it out day by day. I think it's, that's how Jesus primarily taught his disciples. It wasn't in the messages that he preached it was by osmosis. They just became like him because they spent time with him. Yeah. But we have to be more like him if others ever are going to be. Like I've I've always, I think the things that have made me want to follow Jesus is always like someone radiating just kindness and love and, and joy or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I see, I can see God in them. And I know that I want to pursue that more. Okay, so just as we're wrapping up, thank you so much, guys. I've really enjoyed this. It kind of took a different turn, but I'm like, I'm glad, you know. Either one piece of advice you wish you had um, before just like finding out what discipleship was or just advice about life or anything. This could be a hard one to hear, 
because I would have not taken this well if someone had said this to me. But I look back, I look back maybe 10 years ago, maybe even not, maybe like eight years ago when I was first at university. And you get to a point where you think you think you know everything and you think you have all the answers. I'm thinking of like 19-year-old me. I really did think I had all the answers. And I think about the advice that I would have given myself now and, oh man, this is so many things. So I think the advice is, and I look ahead of me, I look to people in their late 30s who are like, you know, married with kids and, you know, have stressful jobs and whatever else. I'm thinking, wow, how do they balance all of those things and do faith at the same time? And I think is it people down the track, they're mostly right. <laughs> which is a painful to hear like yeah they can make mistakes but most of the time they're right and we can learn from them so I think there's always a question of will we be humble enough to admit that we're not enough and allow somebody further down the track to speak into our lives hey hands up in the air that's a chance for me am I humble enough to allow you know people in their 30s 40s 50s to look into my life and to give me some challenges yeah give me some encouragement great but give me some challenges yeah. Am I humble enough to say, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that on board. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast um, and you meet up with somebody or you, you meet up with a group of people and it's not honest and as open as you would like it to be, or it's not going as well as you'd have hoped, or you wish it was something different then I would say be the first to open up and be the first to be vulnerable and authentic. And I know that's obviously hard as, as well, hard to hear and it's hard to do that for sure. But I can almost guarantee as soon as you are, the other person will also open up and be honest and vulnerable and uh, authentic and just, uh, it would be a good experience and um i think in that moment as well when you take that step uh, god will give you the confidence for sure mm, that's so encouraging oh, thank you guys so much uh, for being just having this conversation with me because i think it's just the beginning of a bunch of conversations which need to happen within the church and just people people to people basically um, so I'm really glad that you guys got to start us off on that. Um, and yeah, I hope that everyone listening got to to learn something from that and was encouraged and is going to go and like pray about what um, discipleship journeys they're going to go on or whatever. And everyone, um, I hope you're all having an awesome week. And whenever I release another podcast, I hope that you come back and listen. Um, you can follow the Hopecast on Instagram. That's the.hopecast on instagram if you want to be up to date with life but don't spend too much time on instagram because exactly that put a timer on your <laughs> app if you have the an iphone put a timer on that and get off it when it's time okay <laughs> all right thanks so much guys all right i'll stop bye oh thank you